Good evening, Lafayette. It's Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or use that KPL app chat. Let your voice be heard. We've got a lot of things to talk about today. First, uh, just a note, this just went out as an alert over the KPL app a little while ago. You can see kind of the updated forecasts for the weather between tonight and Thursday. We can expect a lot of rain frequently throughout the day, especially tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to be seeing uh, one forecast set between three to six inches. One says maybe four to eight inches. Some areas getting as much as 10 inches, although that'll be isolated, not kind of all over the place. And that's over the course of the next, I'd say, 36 hours or so. So pay attention to the weather forecast. We haven't heard anything about school closures yet. Uh, It should be noted that when we get these heavy forecasts, schools tend to start looking at it. School systems tend to start looking at it. Uh, They will be consulting with our local meteorologists. They will be consulting with the reports. and again, I know I've explained it before, but a lot of a lot of folks will always, you know, kind of grumble and say, why are you keeping kids home? Safety. No school system wants to be the school system that puts a bunch of kids in a school bus on a road that's, you know, two to three inches deep in water. Don't want to have a bunch of kids stranded at a school. Their school has become an island because of all the flooding. So, hey, shut it down. Shut it down for a day. Lafayette Parish has like 20 extra days built into the calendar. They can afford another day off. I I would personally advise LPSS to just go ahead and shut it down, but there's been nothing official yet, and none of, none of the school systems have even put out a, hey, we're looking at this type of thing. Uh, maybe they should, you know, especially if some areas uh, in Acadiana are going to be, you know, seeing up to 10 inches of rain over the next day or so. Maybe they should. Anyway, let's talk about New Hampshire. This is probably the last primary that we're going to really have any sort of discussion on, to be honest. Uh, Most of the reporting is starting to shift to general election mode. We're already starting to shift to Trump versus Biden. We're not talking about Nikki Haley as much. Most of the expectations for Nikki Haley have been drastically reduced. Uh, The most recent poll, I think it's the last poll that came out, uh, had Donald Trump up like 22 points over Nikki Haley, which kind of reflects what I, I'd been telling y'all about, and, and I know you saw it in the polling too, uh, the idea that if DeSantis were to bow out of the race, DeSantis supporters go to Trump. If anybody else had dropped out of the race, anybody else who drops out of the race, their voters, with the exception of Chris Christie, their voters went to or would have gone to Ron DeSantis. Nikki Haley's voters would have gone to Ron DeSantis. Chris Christie's went to Nikki Haley, which is what gave her a boost in New Hampshire. But things are certainly looking like they're consolidating behind Donald Trump. The late, the last polling average uh, as of this morning was Trump had an average of 19.3 points over Nikki Haley. Barring the greatest upset in U.S. primary history, uh, Donald Trump's going to win New Hampshire. If he wins New Hampshire, there's no chance that she wins South Carolina, Nevada, or anything else coming after that. It would pretty much be over. So the media is starting to do a couple of weird things. 
the first thing they're doing is they're starting to write the Trump has problems pieces. See, up until now, all the focus has been on Donald Trump's opponents. It's been focused on Nikki Haley. It's been focused on Ron DeSantis. It's been focused on everybody but Trump. Well, now that it's just Trump, now they're starting to release the pieces that show Trump is really in trouble. But there's something else. There's something else kind of trickling out in the background that nobody's really paying attention to. There's a little a little piece in Politico's morning playbook that nobody is really talking about all that much, but I want to discuss it with you. It's a piece about Donald Trump. Just bear with me a sec. An underappreciated feature of Trump's strength against Haley in New Hampshire is that Trump has run a far more issues-based campaign than she has. Remember, this is Politico. This is not a Trump-aligned outlet. While Trump's personal insults and off-the-wall comments may attract most of the media attention, Trump's TV advertising over the last few days has been highly disciplined. It focuses on just two issues, immigration, hitting Haley from the right with specific references to an unpopular in GOP primary things she said, and Social Security, attacking her from the left by claiming she will raise the retirement age and gut benefits. Haley's ads, meanwhile, are about electability, general exhaustion with Trump and Biden, and generational change. The experience of watching the evening news goes something like this. Three positive Haley ads in which you learn she's a fresh face, but almost nothing about her policy positions, followed by two Trump attack ads that are purely about her policy positions. In his prepared remarks at his rallies, he hammers those same two issues early, generally before he goes off on the more colorful tangents that get so much attention. The Trump onslaught has defined Haley in ways she never did herself. Again, that's Politico. That's not RedState.com. That's not Breitbart. That's not any of those right-of-center outlets that's typically more pro-Trump. There's something going on here. There's, There's something that Trump has in 2024 that he didn't have four years ago. Four years ago, and I... I remember saying it at the time, and I know I made people unhappy. I remember saying it at the time. One of Trump's biggest problems in 2020 is that he didn't have any sort of messaging breakthrough. Trump in 2020 was essentially running his campaign like he was running it in 2016. He had been the incumbent in four years, but he was still running as the outsider. And it was conflicting with the record, especially when it came to COVID and the economic shutdown. People weren't able to square it away. And so he was attacking anything that moved. Um, I, I remember doing account on, like, on his Twitter account, going through his Twitter pages day after day, and there would be 20 different messages there and mostly attacking different people. There was no sort of campaign messaging. There was no sort of real message as to why vote for Trump other than all these other people are attacking me. I'm attacking back. And that was also reflected in a lot of his campaign rhetoric on the stages and things like that. There, a lot of voters were frankly, a little bit confused. You had Trump, who had a relatively good administration up until COVID, 
and you had Joe Biden, the basement dweller, who wasn't out there, wasn't really overexposed. So you had the controversial guy in office, and you had the guy who's being presented as the elder statesman. People were confused and ultimately kind of broke with Biden on that one. Well, this year, this go-round, Donald Trump is staying on message. Yes, he's made the personal attacks. Uh, He has made some outlandish statements. But go back to this Politico piece. In his prepared remarks at his rallies, he hammers these same two issues early, generally before he goes off on the more colorful tangents that gets so much attention. He's staying on message. His campaign is keeping him relatively on message. And some of that message is breaking through. A friend of mine texted me the other day, said he was listening to some Trump, just kind of caught a a clip of a rally. Um, And he he said Trump was going on about electric cars and debanking. Well, that means nothing to some of these friends. They're not super hard right. They, They don't pay attention to a lot of these issues. But that stuff plays with the GOP base. Debanking is an issue that really nobody outside of the hyper-aware base knows about. And in particular, it plays really well with the Second Amendment crowd because the debanking issue, for those of you who don't know, is where banks have started to close the accounts and close business with gun store owners. And they're having to find new banks to do business with. It's essentially a way of, it's not deplatforming, but debanking gun, sh- gun store owners. The idea is that if they don't have a bank, they can't do business. Well, that means something to the people who are worried about the wokeness and people who are worried about the Second Amendment. That plays well with the primary. Electric cars, if I started talking about electric cars, I get just as many messages on the app and y'all's calls that I get about any other thing. A lot of GOP voters really care about the clean energy stuff, electric vehicles and all, and everything the Biden administration is doing regarding regarding the Green New Deal and and clean energy. And that kind of messaging is starting to, to break through. And Donald Trump is being a lot more on message than he was even in 2016 when he upset Hillary Clinton. It's a pretty big deal that the Trump campaign is keeping the candidate on message. And it's why there really is, as as much as the Democrats, as much of the media are now saying that Trump has all these problems, and, and the Democrats really did want to run against Joe uh, Donald Trump because they believe that Donald Trump is their best chance to stay in power. But Donald Trump has a very clear path. He has a very clear path to the White House because Joe Biden is so weak and because a lot of folks are motivated against the status quo under Joe Biden. The question becomes, does Trump the character get in the way of Trump the candidate? That's this thing that's still kind of worrying some folks in the background of the GOP. Let's take a break. More of your thoughts, your calls, 232-1542, your messages on the app. We'll have more of your news of the day here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number, or be like Billy in Church Point. 
gives a shout out and talks about how these kids are growing up soft and how he would have walked on those soaked, flooded roads to the bus stop and back. Billy, that's true. The kids are soft, but nobody wants to be, no, nobody wants the liability. That's the other thing. School systems don't want the liability of putting kids on a bus like that. That's that's one of the big issues there. All right, so it is the 5 o'clock news cruise. I do want to mention our good friends at Service Chevrolet right around the corner, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey and Lafayette. A little late to go visit them, but that's all right. Go check them out at servicegm.com. Com. You can get it all at service. It's not just the cars. They do have new and used inventory that's appearing on the lot pretty much every day that you can check out online or go to the lot and see. But they also have parts and service department. They have a body shop, a collision center, fine line custom auto. They've got the wash. Any automotive needs you have, they can assist you with. Just stop on by. Let service know what it is you need, and they are going to be able to help they have been serving your family for 50 years here in Acadiana, and they're going to keep going. They are the largest Chevy dealer in Louisiana, and you drive by the lot, you'll see why. Check them out online, servicegm.com, or go to 1212 Ambassador Caffrey and Lafayette. Service Chevrolet, find new roads with service. All right, when we come back, let's talk about the next special session. Let's talk about what it is Louisiana needs to do because Jeff Landry is is going to be calling uh, for a special session to start toward the middle or a little after the middle of February that runs through the beginning of March. It's going to be focused on uh, crime, law and order, criminal justice, all that sort of thing. Uh, Landry is, he's ambitious. He's got a lot of priorities. These are the things that he ran on. Uh, so we're going to see how much the law and order governor is going to be able to get through a legislature that didn't deliver to Republicans and conservatives everything that he wanted to deliver. So we'll see how that goes. Let's talk about that and more when we get back here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or Use that KPL app chat and let your voice be heard as well. All right, let's talk about the next legislative session. Yes, we are already talking about the next special session. Actually, before we do that, let's go to the phone lines real quick. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Caller? Hi. Hi. Welcome to the How you jo- doing? I'm doing good. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. What you want to, uh, Who's on the line? Well, I was listening with interest, Joe, with the uh, debanking subject you brought up. Yeah. It's scary, but what's even scarier than that is what's going on at the World Economic Forum uh-huh. uh, that the jet setters are into with uh, going to the digital currency, mm-hmm. where not only for businesses we don't like, but anybody that don't score high enough on the ESG, yeah. they can just shut down your account. Yes. They... And- the, the thing about the World Economic Forum is they're a bunch of old, out-of-touch people who really don't have near the power they or influence they think they have. They would love to convert us all to digital currency that the governments would run. 
they would love to be able to just shut down the economic power of gun manufacturers, of oil companies and gas companies and things like that. They're never going to be able to accomplish it. But the fact that these people are you have members of governments around the world going to this world economic forum and just sitting there nodding and agreeing wholeheartedly is something that should actually work. Any American politician that goes to the World Economic Forum is just sitting there nodding like a sheep to some of these proposals. That's somebody that we should be working really hard to get out of office. Exactly. That's exactly true. You know, that the Trilateral Commission, all of them, they're, they're not for us. We need, and as it has been, the United States Constitution to be the final word in this country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate you calling in. Thanks for taking my call. All right, 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation as well. Anyway, let's jump to the state legislature because I'm interested in this. So um, uh, did you know that crime is starting to trend downward in Atlanta, Georgia? Did you know that crime is starting to trend downward in New York City? Do you know why? They're, they're, they have the, each of them are Democratic cities. They ha- there are Democratic mayors in both of them. Do you know why crime is starting to trend downward there? I want to read this from Eric Erickson. He's nationally syndicated host. He's a friend of mine. I've referred to him several times on the show. Atlanta, Georgia has seen a 21% drop in year-over-year crime. The mayor of Atlanta, Andre Dickens, faced with a secession effort in the northern wards due to crime and violent protests from the far left over a police training facility, has deployed a novel trick in the city too busy to hate. He actually pushed law enforcement to enforce the law. Under Mayor Dickens, the Atlanta police chief, Darren Shirebaum, Shirebaum, the city began aggressively cracking down on gun crimes and gang violence. Buckhead, the financial center of, of the South and Atlanta's northern ward, began agitating for secession after crime spiked. Random suburbanites were shot while jogging, home break-ins increased, char, uh, carjackings increased, Violence was on the rise, and the former mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, decided to side with rioters against the police. Then-Mayor Bottoms and the former Fulton County District Attorney, not Fonnie Willis, but the previous one, in a series of high-profile cases, prosecuted police officers for policing. They targeted one officer for shooting a man who had attacked an officer, fled, and attempted to tase the pursuing officer. That officer shot and killed the man and got prosecuted. Charges have been dropped against him. Other officers were disciplined for trying to get college students to stop their car during a riot. The result was a collapse in police morale, police leaving the force, and difficulty recruiting. In New York, the certainly not a conservative Republican Eric Adams is doing something similar. He has more or less reinstituted stop and frisk in New York. Essentially what he's done. Police are out, they're working the streets, they're patrolling the streets, they are working harder to stop the small crimes before the big crimes, before those criminals escalate to big crimes, and crime is going down in those areas. 
Now, to be fair, neither one of them is still a, sta- a safe haven. But both cities are getting better. New Orleans, at one point, not too long ago, last year, was known as the murder capital of the world. And while the, while the murder rate, I think, has gone down a little bit, carjackings have just exploded in New Orleans. There was a story I referenced not too long ago where somebody broke in and stole police equipment from a supplier and New Orleans police had to actually issue a warning saying if a un, if an unmarked vehicle tries to stop you, tries to force you into a traffic stop, do not stop and instead call the police because that's not going to be a police officer. They have stopped unmarked vehicles doing traffic stops because that equipment was taken. New Orleans is in need of some of a lot of help. Baton Rouge is in need of a lot of help. Shreveport is in need of a lot of help. Lafayette's also kind of in need. Of, now, Lafayette isn't in trouble because we've stopped policing. But there are there's still a, a lot of headlines recently about shootings, about arrests, about violence, things like that. Overall, just across the country, we're seeing a lot more of these high-profile, bigger crimes. And so Governor Jeff Landry has called or is calling for a special session that would roughly run from February 19th to about March 6th. Landry was a critic of John Bell Edwards' bipartisan criminal justice overhaul. He was a critic of Edwards' uh, paroling folks from death row before he left office. He really, really wants to start the ball rolling on true criminal justice reform that focuses on stopping crime, not getting people out of jail early, not focusing on mediation and remittance and things like that. He wants to focus on actually punishing criminals for committing crimes. He has a special pan, a special uh, board that he has kind of impaneled to deal specifically with researching ways to get crime down in New Orleans. New Orleans is kind of the crown jewel of Louisiana as far as tourism, as far as image and culture and things like that go. And when people are too afraid to go to New Orleans, that hurts the state a lot. Our own state capital, not too far from the capital grounds, a lot of violence. There's a lot going on there. And so our state really needs to address law enforcement, crime enforcement in the state. I don't know, because he hasn't really issued any sort of specific calls for certain legislation. He hasn't hasn't called for any specific sort of, of bills or anything like that. But we know that the agenda is overall to focus on crime. I'll be very interested to see what he calls for, and I imagine we'll see what he's calling for a little closer to time. We're near the end of January. We'll probably find out before too long what specific bills. 
what types of bills he wants to see uh, put forward. Um, we just got through this last legislative session, which was a very much a letdown for conservatives. I've talked about it. Moon's talked about it. You know, we we've talked about it a bit. Kudos to Representative Julie Emerson who came in and and kind of talked us through a lot of it. Um, but overall, we could have done better in that legislative session. And the fact that we didn't does really hurt. Um, if you look at the upcoming special session, focusing on crime, focusing on law and order, this has the chance to be a special session that probably will require bipartisanship because inevitably the Democrats are going to start screaming and crying about racism in the black community and things like that. And to an extent, there may be something to it. Not in the way, I'm not going woke on you guys, just bear with me on this. If, in fact, we are going to see criminal justice reform in the state of Louisiana, then what we're going to need is a way to work with a lot of communities where we see the crime coming from urban, lower income, and predominantly black areas in New Orleans, in Baton Rouge, in Shreveport, places like that. There will need to be some work done with community leaders. There will need to be work done with law enforcement. There will be a lot of work that has to happen. So Democrats and Republicans are going to have to come together, but it's not about capitulating. There is no doubt in my mind that law enforcement, police enforcement, is very, very necessary. A lot of you agree. I know that there are a lot of Democrats who agree. But, but, we're going to have to figure out how do we strike the balance? How do we strike the balance between locking everybody up when they commit a crime and actually working to prevent the crime in the first place. I maintain that doing a lot more of the former solves the latter problem. You enforce the small crimes, you enforce the small laws, you stop the big crimes from happening. But even once you do that, how do you change the mentality? How do you change the culture? How do you change these ideas that, you know, you do what you got to do. How do you change the mentality of screw the system, I'm going to just take what I want or I'm going to do what I want or if somebody crosses me, I'm going to do what I want to them. How do you make inroads into cultural societal rot like that? Law enforcement is key in all this. But what do our community leaders also intend to do to help stop more problems from happening? That's going to be something the legislature has to discuss. And they're going to have a few weeks to do it. They're going to have a bit longer than they had for this last special session. All right, let's take a break. When we get back, we'll wrap up the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by our friends at Service Chevrolet. Go check them out, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey, Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542. Got a little under two minutes if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. Love to hear from y'all 
that way as well. So, do want to let you know that if you are in search of a dentist, I got your solution. Because Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates, thelafayettedentist.com, they will do you wonders if you go check them out. Whether it's a simple cleaning and you need to, uh, you haven't been in a while, you just you haven't gotten that, that teeth cleaning in a while, they can do that for you. Call, go to thelafayettedentist.com, the you know, search everything they have. If you're feeling tooth pain, you haven't been in a while, go get it checked out. They can take x-rays. They can look at things. Sometimes your treatment plans can start as soon as that first consultation when you go that very first time. Sometimes, depending on what you need, it may take a couple of, of appointments. I had a, a, a few cavities that over the, the years had leaked, and they were able to fix that in a couple of appointments. And I have not had any sort of problem with those teeth ever since. It's been delightful. Check them out, The Lafayette Dentist. It's Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates. They're my dentist. They can be your dentist, too. Absolutely love it over there. All right. Before we go, also want to let you know that if you go to SeizeTheDeal.com, there are a lot of opportunities for you because with all the rain coming and things like that, you might be stuck at home. So go ahead. Check out SeizeTheDeal.com. If you're in the mood for pizza, especially if you're in the Karen Crow area, they've got a $15 e-voucher to Pizza Amore in Karen Crow, which I love and my kids love. That's just $7.50. If you're looking maybe more for something, you know, to fix up the house, Daily Deals, a $7, uh, $7 will get you a $14 uh, e-voucher to Daily Deals Liquidation and Home Goods. So check that out and more at SeizeTheDeal.com. Make sure when you go that you are in the Lafayette market for all the deals that are available there. All right. That's it for me. 23 hours until we're back. By tomorrow, I think it'll be pretty clear that Donald Trump is in the race alone. If Nikki Haley bows out or she doesn't bow out of the race after tonight, it's not going to make much of a difference. Donald Trump, Joe Biden going forward. All right, you guys have a great one. Back in 23 hours. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast going up shortly. If you have Apple or Spotify and that's what you use your for podcasting, Find my podcast, give it a listen, give it a subscription, a rating, and a review. Help the show grow that way. Would love for the show to grow. I've, I'm hoping to grow it a lot more in the future. In the meantime, you guys have a great one. Be safe out there with the rain coming through. See you tomorrow here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL.